Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Behind the Curtain podcast. I'm your host, Justin Loy. This is a podcast where we take an inside look at an expat life. As an American citizen who has lived in Central Europe for almost 20 years, I'm going to take you behind the scenes to explore the joys and struggles of a foreigner. What advice would you give to somebody new coming to London who's going to be living there, studying there, um, and they don't know anything? Mm. What would what advice would you give them? For me, the experience was very much eased by the fact that I lived in halls of residence for students. So I made a, I met a group of people, and you always find a group of people that you can join in that first year. So once you have a group of people, it's much easier to be to have the courage to go out and see something. Um, but there's really no need for that group of people. You can you you'll be fine just going out into the city and experiencing experiencing the city yourself. So perhaps it can be daunting, but do not be afraid to explore. London is a great place to explore. Uh, it's also, you might not think that, but it's quite walkable. So you can walk around London mm. quite well, um, even in summer, because there's a lot of public parks and the Royal Parks, and those are beautiful. So you walk through them, kind of cool down, then you see the sightseeing bit. Um, so I think that would be the, the advice. Don't be afraid to explore because that it's the time. It's the place to explore. I, I, in my experience with, with people in a foreign country, there's the people who like to explore. I'm like you, I like to explore. Mm. I like to soak in yeah. a town. Um, let me wander. Mm. Let me go into a shop or try some food and let me just wander. Yeah, but there's some people who need to go see the sights. Do you think? Do you think one way is better than the other? I think both are valid. Yeah, I mean, London has so many sights, so much sightseeing. You'll see everything that you would see if you just wandered around. So, David, uh, you're a um, you're someone who lives there, and you're not you're not really a tourist at all. But is there one site that in London that you it still catches you? when you see it or has it all just kind of disappeared because you're a resident? No, no but it's not just one spot. There's, there's several spots. I really like Regent's park going to Regent's park. It's, it's like a, if you're a Londoner, you, you go to a park that's, you don't go to, to see the sightseeing. You go to a park, you sit down and you lay down on the grass and just, just enjoy your time. Um, I remember that the first place that caught my eye the first time I was in London as a tourist was St. James Park on, there's a, there's a, there's a bridge over the lake where you can see Buckingham Palace and the eye of London, uh, on the other side. So it's quite an interesting spot and you're surrounded by trees. You see the historical part, the lake is full of pelicans because They've just moved pelicans for the queen there. Now the king. Um, so that was the first sight that I truly remembered from London when I was 13, just as a tourist. And we went to big places like Westminster and the London Eye. And I was like, you know, th th those are fine. But it's just missing a certain 
it's it's very touristy normal side that was the first touristy side that felt like a normal londoner could go there enjoy their time and just spend the, an afternoon just having a good time and you could feel the relaxed atmosphere of the place it's one of the things i like about you david is your love of nature mm. and it, it almost defines a lot of who you are i mean it's it's the field in which you study it's it's mm. what makes you relax it's it's yeah. it's the your memories are connected with that and a typical person might be like oh i love this building or i mm. like this and most of the things you just said yeah. are connected to nature and uh just for the listener out there that's that you're meeting david <laughs> nature is everything and and uh and that's something i i personally appreciate about you um let's talk about coming home mm. from from london Right. You, you get back, or maybe even the concept of home. You come back here to Czech Republic. What are the challenges or things you look forward to when you come back here? Oh, I look forward to family. I come, I come back for the holidays mostly. So it's just celebrating with family, doing the traditions that just keep me home. Um, the challenges... Um, I didn't think there would be many challenges, but when I first returned, there was a very strong culture shock, a reverse culture shock. I didn't have a culture shock going to London. Uh -huh. I had a reverse culture shock because I was looking forward to going to London to a bit more open-minded place where people are not afraid what anyone thinks of them. It's just more of a, it's a more relaxed site, even though it's, it's a capital city and it's very busy of busy people. Um, Coming back, it just hit me in the face how sometimes the Czech culture can be very private mm. and reserved. And an example, I, I got used to, in, in our halls of residence, I got used to, when I meet my friends, we hug. We have a personal touch. We have a, it's not just kind of a, you say hi and stand next to each other. I came back, it was... At BMA, I saw my old classmates and we stood in a, in a circle looking at each other, <laughs> perhaps exchanging pleasantries, you know, yeah. as you would. But it was the classic kind of check reserved. Is this okay? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be too awkward if we were too friendly? And it was just half a year that transformed our class from the most mushy type of people to, <laughs> to very <laughs> reserved and... Uh, careful socially careful group at least that's the vibe that i got from that and i realized okay we've all moved on and that vibe that's common in the public space now has invaded this kind of what well, back what used to be a very shared social place i'm not sure if i'm saying it exactly the way it was it was just my memory and perception that i have of that moment is there anything positive about that check reserved nature in your mind it's good because it's careful and kind of protects you from getting hurt i guess but i i prefer the open kind of open vibe where people are relaxed and don't kind of look for the reaction of the other person they're, they're more themselves basically because that kind of reserved careful facade that checks put on themselves 
is um, restraining us from being our true selves. Uh, and I feel for me, that's kind of the story of my identity, trying to get rid of that facade. So I'm truly who I am and that everyone knows what they're playing with, or with me. Well, they know who I am. Do you feel like you're more who you are in London or in Czech? Or is it like two different sides of you? It used to be two different sides of me, mm. I think, at the beginning. But the funny thing is that whenever I would come from London, I would be much more talkative, much more open. And I would, I would just, I would feel like I'm talking to my parents and I would just never shut up. And I would get this feeling like, okay, why, why aren't they responding to me yeah. as much as I would expect them to? Um, now, as time has grown, I've kind of merged these two worlds and I no longer think of it like, is this something that I show to others or is this just me? It's just the way, it's the way I am either way. So I kind of resonate, I think, with that. It does kind of merge eventually. Yeah. Uh, your experience in the, in, the, yeah. in the foreign country and in the home country, it does eventually merge. And, um, and I think that's a, that, mm. that's a good thing because it, it changes you. Yeah. The whole concept of travel and living yeah. abroad changes you into someone, um, hopefully, and maybe not everyone's experience, but at least for you, you yeah. and me, David, um, a positive experience. So For me, that kind of reserved or, in contrast, talkative me is more defined by my mood than uh, uh, the culture. Yeah. It used to be culture. Now it's more of a mood and how I'm feeling. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, let's, uh, let's quickly talk about the Brits. <laughs> okay, or or let's talk about the the the, British. the, the natives. Let's yeah, let's do that. Um, you mentioned tea culture. You drank when you were on that trip. Um, you drank lots of tea. What is it about that tea culture that's so British? Like, why? Like, what does it do? Like, what? It, explain that a little bit. Uh, I think it's more of a tradition now rather than a, like. A, core center of the culture um but there were a few tweaks to the tea culture compared to the czech tea culture that uh -huh. i've noticed like putting milk in your tea uh which <laughs> i looked at it at first and i thought what have you done you're ruining the, the <laughs> flavor the, the pure flavor of the tea but it's not actually that bad and i think that with certain type of tea adding milk helps makes it a bit more creamy um by that, I mean black tea, which can be quite quite a strong tea. And if you add that milk, it makes it a bit more creamier. Yeah. But I wouldn't put it to a green tea where I would just add lemon instead and just enjoy the green tea as it is. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you like about British culture? Hmm. Again, British culture and London culture is quite different. Okay. okay. So, uh, so do, you, should we you, stick with London culture? Let's stick with London culture. Let's do that. Okay. Because I feel like I haven't been exposed to the pure British culture as much. I have been exposed to British culture and I've been with British people. So I know how they, how they behave. I know how, what they like. I like the English pub culture, even though sometimes it can get a bit messy. Yeah. Because drunk people uh, can do a lot of mess. Uh, but um, is, 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 the, is the tea culture in the pub culture similar in, in, in like opposite ways, almost like night and day. 
No, because I feel like the tea culture has disappeared from the younger generation. Oh. That's what I think. Like your young Brits will get a coffee at Starbucks or 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 something like that and uh-huh. and be and be done with it. Uh because British culture has become very Americanized mm. through a social media and also sitcoms and TV shows. Because most of them, even if you have a British TV show, usually you get an American copy. Whereas mm. you don't get a British copy for American shows, I feel like. Hmm. So um a lot of it's it's a you can see the American influence on British life in the way they say certain words already. Uh the word schedule. Uh most Brits will say schedule, even though in British English it's schedule. But I have never heard a young British person say schedule. Wow. I've heard them say schedule because in American TV that they consume, it's schedule. Schedule is said by older people or professors of kind of distinct um placement in society but i haven't heard in normal speech people say schedule perhaps rarely but my generation it's schedule i'm kind of sad that american culture is so pervasive in in london culture in some ways because i think it's overall british as well wow because, because you get american tv anywhere in britain and yeah I, you were saying you like pop culture in london mm. Czech can have a pub culture of its own. Yeah. Is it similar? It's Or quite similar. Is actually. it? It's quite similar. Uh-huh. Uh, because in London, you also have little gardens in front of pubs where people can sit and enjoy enjoy a pint. So it, it's quite similar. I think that's what I like about it because after a certain time, even though while I was here, I didn't really appreciate the pub culture, the British pub culture being so similar to the Czech one kind of reminds me of that kind of Czech vibe that I'm used to. Mm. So if if I go to a pub, I'm expecting a certain culture, and that culture is quite similar. And added to it is that kind of British English, um, not culture, but kind of the core or a bit of hint of Anglo-Saxon. Something different than it's different vibe. It's yeah, it's like going to an Irish pub. Or, yeah. Yeah, an Irish pub in Czech in Prague will be different than a Czech Czech pub. Yeah. As we start to wrap up mm-hmm. things here, um, I always like to ask this question. Maybe it's a little humiliating, but like, did you ever make a cultural mistake that mm. just sticks out to you? In first year, uh, I did. I did. In first year, we had so one of the things that is very culturally different from Czechs, um, especially in the West, it's not just a British thing. It's uh, strikes. Czechs, Czechs, Czech people strike from time to time. We go on a strike, but usually we like to suffer through. Well, not like to, but we usually suffer through our employers being not the kindest to us with salaries. In Britain, it's different because half the year, half the first year. The professors were on strike, and they did this thing called the picket line, and I didn't know what it was. <laughs> so when my American friend Zelda asked me, "Yo, are you going to cross the picket line?" I just smiled at her and said, "Maybe," <laughs> and it was very clear I didn't understand. So that was kind of a cultural and linguistic mistake on my part because yes. I didn't know what picket line was. Yeah, the idea of teachers and professors standing in front of a school 
making a barrier, well, not barrier, but a line signifying that you shouldn't enter to support the cause. It was very foreign to me. And at first I didn't really get it because I was like, okay, it's obstructing my studies. I've paid for this degree. Uh, as my time in London went on and I got to meet the academics and learn the, the wage yeah. and salary circumstances they had and that some of them had very bad contracts mm. that are called zero hour contracts basically no guarantees in that contract kind of, it, it feels i'm not i don't i don't know the uh, the details but not good contracts it's not not a long-term security for the professor yeah. or doctor that is a lecturer did you cross the picket line a few times yeah a few times yeah. but uh from third year on i did not yeah um that's hard it, it's hard Especially to you don't know what's going like if you and, don't realize and it's worse when you're not going when you're not even going to the lecture you just need to use you need to use a library or printer on campus you try to find a way how to avoid <laughs> them uh but they are usually pretty good at securing the campus yeah. so yeah. Uh, no when there was a strike uh, i would usually stay stay at yeah. home that's good luckily we're in we are in an age where everything's online so thankfully Thankfully. Even even the lecture recordings are online, so you don't necessarily have to go to the lecture. A couple more questions about mm. back here in the Czech Republic. Um, I'm sure you miss family, mm. um, but is there something very superficial, or or something, uh, a food or um, a place that you miss the most when you are living in London? Food is actually spot on. Uh, it's really? like, it's, 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 I, I'd say pastries, like the classic Czech pastries, like rohlik or, or, or just normal bread. I, it, it got better now. Uh, many of the supermarkets have, have their own bakeries now. Mm. Uh, but they have a different style, style of pastries. So food would be among them. That's one of the things you miss. That's one of the things I miss. Okay. Yeah. So if you had like one, because you, you th think about it, you, you get to use, you get used to a certain type of pastries for breakfast, let's say, and then you cannot get them in another country. Yeah. You have to find a replacement, which may or may not be as good. I, I just find it funny with a lot of Czechs, it's the all powerful Rolik that the role translation, because it's, the, it's, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's practical yeah. and easiest to get food that you can get in, in this culture. It's yeah. the, it's not it's not meant to be fancy or anything it's just meant to be easy to eat so i i think that's the it's the kind of feeling of ease that you just have a few few roles in in your your compartment uh, food your represents comfort comfort food yeah. represents comfort in that something situation. familiar yeah and then when you go to a british store and the bread is represented more by the american type of bread get better now now they have sourdough bread um in, ba in bakeries but that's good. When when I first came to London, bread was just the kind of to it looked like a toasty bread, but it wasn't toasty bread. Many many people um, know how much I feel that way about bagels. Mm. And just recently, um, just down the street in Janovica, down the street, right. there, we, there's a baker down there, and he makes fresh bagels. And oh. so on Fridays, I go down, I order ten bagels, and. Uh, and they're fresh, and they're—it's the best bagels I've had in Czech Republic. That's amazing! I and, know that uh, you were missing them. So uh -huh. It's good and to it's hear. That, it, it, oh my! There is—I think—I think for the foreigner, sometimes when you can 
get that taste of home mm. or something like it, it means a lot. It's a treasure. And so for me, mm. every Friday to go down to just pick up bagels, bagels. Yeah. when it's right on the next town over, it's, it's gold yeah. for me. You know, I've added bagels to my, to my breakfast uh, meals. I've always uh, liked you, David. It's, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> my mom liked them too. I, 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 I gave her great. bagels when we went to London. Yeah, she liked it. You should try. You should try um, a bagel, toast it, and put peanut butter on it. Mm. Great thing, great thing. I'm going to do that tomorrow for breakfast. Right. Now everybody knows that. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, let me ask you one last question. Um, what have you learned about checks by being far away? Hmm. I think I've learned to look at my country as a foreigner in a way. So I see a lot of qualities and also problems, which I haven't seen before. And I got this kind of relaxed perspective from the outside, uh, which is much more complex and kind of allows me to see what's real, what really needs to change. What I thought was a problem, but it's not really a problem. Um, one of the things that I've come to believe is that Czech Republic is quite underrated as a country to live in. Yes. Um, in standard of living and we're not that far off from normal British town in my opinion um, perhaps the standard of public services is still lacking but we'll get there eventually um, when it comes to the people um, I don't think that anything really surprised me I think it wasn't what surprised me as the magnitude of what that mentality and that kind of culture was i didn't think it was as deeply rooted thought we weren't as as private as as i realized we were after uh, after i came back one of the one of the again to the private and closeness of czechs um when i compared with london when i went for the first time to sign up at the doctors in uh, in london the nurse was very kind. She was making jokes with me. She was very friendly. It was a service. It mm-hmm. was something that you shouldn't be afraid to go to doctors. You should be perhaps even looking towards it to get yourself checked up. Yeah. In Czech, it's not that way. The service is you're there. They're there. They're doing their job. Everyone wants to be done with it quickly. And that was a big contrast when I was getting my one of some of my vaccinations for travel. Uh, I had that kind of Western, smiley, open demeanor in my in my speech, and the doctor wasn't really into it. So then, after a certain sense, I was like, "Okay, I'll just shut up. I'll be reserved. Um, I'll just listen to what you have to say and move on with it." And it's not like the doctor wasn't a nice person. I'm pretty sure that she was. She was quite. She probably was much more friendly than me at some at certain points. But at that situation. Just wasn't expected socially yeah. uh, for the two people, the patient and the doctor, to have a pleasant conversation. It was more like professional conversation. And I think that that kind of professionalism that we we want to be so much Western and so strive to be Western that we overdo the professional bit and forget the human bit. And perhaps that's the that's that's the part of Czech culture that we might we might have to work on the most. That is a good way to talk about checks and um i love how you explain that and i think checks are amazing when they focus on the human aspect 
There's something mm-hmm. deep and personal when they focus on that. And I also agree with you that checks are uh, underestimated by the world. And um, I, th- I don't think the world realizes what they have. It, it's not checks. just the world. It's us. It's, it's the mm. Czech mentality that creates even the space for being underappreciated. We always say we are a small country in the center of Europe. We're not a small country. We're bigger than Hungary. We're bigger than Sweden, Finland, Denmark, Holland. We're, we're, we're kind of average in our population size. And, and, but that's not, nothing bad. And actually, um, we should be looking at ourselves as what we are rather than put, push ourselves down to make it seem that ah, we're, we're small. We cannot do anything. All these other countries in the West or surrounding us are doing fine as well. And they're not, they don't have a need to put ourselves, put themselves down. I think um, that is for another podcast, that discussion. So maybe I'll have you here again, (laughs) David, um, because I think that topic is something that we could talk about for a really long time. Yeah. David, thank you so much for, um, thank you for coming in and talking on the podcast and um, um, best of luck to you. And uh, uh, may the Lord bless you in everything you do. And um, we'll talk again soon, friend. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank Bye. you. Thank you for listening to the Behind the Curtain podcast. If you want to get the show notes or have new episodes delivered directly to your phone, you can go to the website behindthecurtainpodcast.buzzsprout.com to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, any ratings, reviews or shares are greatly appreciated if you'd like to connect you can write me at the behind the curtain podcast at gmail.com i'd love to hear your questions and comments this is justin loy take care and i'll talk to you later